Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrack Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page where you can find all of our clips, all of our old shows. Also, listen to the audio form wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. We got the pickup contest going this weekend. Gordon, how confident are you about your two picks? We got one from the Stanford Invite 5K and just another one. So there's only two total this week. The other one from the Florida Relays. How confident are you that you're two for two this week? Very confident. On a scale of one to very, I'm very. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, the odds are I have a 25 percent chance of the results. Go 0 for two, one for two, one for two, or two for two. And I think I'm mm-hmm. going to go two for two. So um, yeah, I think I think half the pros are going to be running some fast times. So two of the four. Mm-hmm. Pro times will be the fastest at Florida Relays, and I think Charles Hicks will win on his home track. He is the uh, coming off of a really good uh, kind of low-key indoor season where he kind of started slow but ended strong, ran well in the, I believe, the 3K final. So, mm-hmm. going with Charles Hicks and two pro teams. Those are my picks. I got Kemboy and four pro teams. The low number, though, is giving me flashbacks of the Tokyo Marathon when I – for sure thought I was going to go hundred percent and you just destroyed me just completely destroyed me and really shattered my confidence. Luckily I got it back incidentally indoors when there was a bunch of picks. I think the way I think about this stuff is the more picks, the more, um, the better I feel because I don't feel the pressure to go perfect. Uh, and I think this, the shorter picks are, or the fewer picks are, are more difficult for me. What do you hear? Are you hearing anything about that Stanford? invite 5k we talked about the the 10,000 how fast we thought it would go anything about the pace um or the expectations for the 5,000 I've not heard anything again we talked about that on Wednesday how uh these early college time trial type meets 
It can always go one of two ways. It could go the top 48 route where it's kind of slow, but you're just there to get a qualifier or it could go quick where you like, hey, let's, we're here. We flew all the way out here. We have good weather. We have good pacing. Might as well get something out of it beyond just a, a slow qualifying mark. So we just, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I also haven't asked anyone. I'm not sure if you know this, Kevin, but this past week, I, uh, yeah. I've been injured. So I can't. I haven't really been doing as much investigative journalism as I should. Not that I do investigative journalism in the first place, but one thing about my injury. Um, yesterday, I was like, "Man, I feel like I'm going to recover from this pretty quickly." Like, yeah, I'm in pain, but it's not that bad anymore, and I can like feel like I can function a lot easier. And then I realized, no, that's just the pain meds working. Like, cause then I woke up this morning after mm -hmm. not having a pain medication in my system and it, I was in a lot of pain. So the six to eight week recovery is not going to be one to two weeks. It's definitely going to be six to eight weeks, unfortunately <laughs> for me. I learned that this morning. And on uh, today's edition of travels with Gordon and Kevin, two days ago, I took Gordon to the Apple store at a mall. We went to a real mall in the year 2022 cause it was the closest Apple store That's to exactly. Gordon's house. They, they exist. Colt, I'll tell you, man, it smells exactly the same. Gordon was fascinated by the Build-A-Bear shop, which had like five employees, a bunch of bears, and one customer. It was really disorienting. The Easter Bunny was there. Gordon got a picture of it. He made an Instagram post about it that I presume has gone viral at this point. But Gordon got his, Gordon got his computer fixed, but he was really insistent. It was a funny situation here. The guy was basically telling Gordon, your computer's good. You don't need to pay anything. And Gordon kept saying, so I need to pay something, right? And the guy's like, no, it's good. It might break in the future and then bring it in and we'll fix it. But as of right now, you could pay us money to fix it, but you don't need to because it's working. And it took a couple go rounds there. By the way, there's a million employees at the Apple store too. It's not just Build-A-Bear that is incredibly well staffed. The Apple store, if, you, if you're ever looking for a job, folks, and you know anything about computers, I just suggest going there because you turn around, there's five other guys uh, or women coming out with, with Apple shirts on. Um, so Gordon got his, his computer back and it's at, at full speed. Then we were going to go get his medication. Unfortunately, I dropped him off in front of Walgreens. You can't go into the pharmacy. It's only drive-through. And drive-through, it looked like, you know, McDonald's on a, on a Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, or at midnight. Yeah, exactly. That goes to show you our two different lifestyles. You're like at midnight. I'm like in the morning. <laughs> it was packed. So I couldn't get Gordon his meds. I felt like I let him down, but we did get his laptop fixed. So that was Wednesday's edition of Travels with Gordon and Kevin. Yeah. And I ended up did get my meds a day later. So all is, all is well. So. Mm -hmm. I so appreciate we got... you driving me around. I feel it's weird. You're, you're a great Uber driver. I gave you five stars every time. <laughs> but it's weird being relying on just friends and employees to just kind of like, hey, can you take me somewhere? Mm -hmm. And then I'm embarrassed about where I want you to take me. I get to have a situation where like I really want to go somewhere that's just for me, but I can't mm -hmm. drive. So I have to like, you know, what would be the weirdest place I would ask you to take me to? Like, What if I was like, take me like to like, <laughs> I don't know, like take me to a concert? No, that wouldn't be that weird because then you're like, all right, whatever, drop you off. Yeah. <laughs> well, and at my age, with my life situation, that's the closest I'll get to a concert. So I probably would 
do that just to taste it, just to see what that feels like again. I would probably take you like if you said on Friday tonight at like 9 p.m. Hey, can you drop me off at this bar? Now you given your medical condition, you shouldn't be going. But just in this world where you said that, I would probably do that because everybody really? in my house would probably I, everybody in my house would be asleep by then, and I'd be like, all right, it's either this or read the internet again. I'll go drop Gordon off, and that would be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of fun. Now, if you called me at, to pick you up at 2 a.m. No, that, that would not happen. But like that 8.30 to 10 p.m. slot, that's Kevin's sweet spot right there. Yeah. Going to ride. Well, going to a, a bar is you can use Ubers. Like going to a mall, no one takes an Uber to the mall. So that's why I felt like I needed you. To take, <laughs> like, no Someone to did ask me. I, one of our mutual friends said, why didn't you just take an Uber? And I didn't. And I was like, well, it's, you know, Ubers are expensive. And I took him somewhere else to his doctor's appointment. So it's fine. But I didn't think about that. You didn't want to go on an Uber because no one goes on an Uber to a mall. Yeah. Colt, you're young. Colt, you're young. Have you been inside an indoor mall before? Uh, Not for like 10 years, probably. I mean, they I are time like, machines, man. There's like a movie theater inside of one that I sometimes go to, but like not to the actual mall part. Not like ever. Fav favorite mall store, Colt. Ooh. Seems to only live in the mall. Oh. Uh, I used to really can't remember what it was called but it was one of those like over-the-top candy shops that had like literally every oh. kind of candy those are only Ooh. in malls and they're i yeah. don't know where they are anymore gordon got really excited when he saw the finish line in their sporting goods store he's like oh my it's god it's just so weird line. seeing brick and mortar stores mm. like yeah. it's like why like why does the finish line exist like who who's gonna travel 20 minutes to barton creek mall to buy a pair of running shoes it's not what you do anymore <laughs> from a, from an employee who probably knows nothing about running because they work at finish line. Like, but it was know. pretty crowded. The whole mall it was. didn't it surprise you. It's that was weird, Wednesday man. afternoon. It was pretty crowded. Maybe people are just looking, looking to get out here. All right, Gordon, we got us an idea for a topic here sent to us by none other than Wallace Spearman just moments ago. Do you want to start with that or do you want to start with talking about Devin Allen or talking about this violent altercation at a high school meet in Florida? Uh, let's start the violent altercation at the high school okay. meet in Florida and then we'll talk with about Wallace Farm. Yeah. Okay. You, you made a violent altercation. It's a very uh, – A kid punched another kid. Vocabulary I, word to describe it. Yeah. I mean this went viral. Um, so it, anytime track goes viral – um, you have to always be a little worried because it's usually something bad. This is from a high school meet in Florida. Apparently the kid who – everybody's seen it by now. I'm sure if you're listening to this pod, the kid who punched the other kid wasn't in the event. He was competing in some other event apparently, and the kid who got punched who was leading the race, um, ran into him or bumped into him uh, an earlier stage of the race, and – then that was the retaliation, allegedly there, where he runs from behind and punches him in the face. You, you say, oh yeah, we've seen it all in track meets, and you see something like this. You're like, all right, well, actually, no, I've never seen that. You've seen people get, you know, there's been fights before at track meets. There's been people pushing and shoving and punching, but somebody who's not even involved in the event coming on the track and hitting. I haven't seen that before. My favorite part was, is like the people in the crowd, like, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Like there's 
<laughs> well, I got to put you. What the? Did you guys see? Like everyone saw it. We all know you're not allowed to do that. I don't think we need to. Mm-hmm. This is guy like, hey, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't hit someone in the middle of a race. Uh, first of all, you know, violence is bad, and hopefully the kid's okay. And you know, I'm sure that's. I'm sure he's not happy to be the butt of jokes of getting hit. And also, what the other kid did is clearly not cool and should not be glorified. Blah 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 blah. All that stuff. That's all my, you know, preface. But it is just a wild thing to see happen. We mm-hmm. talk about like random DQs that can happen in a races of like pushing and shoving. This is like not even trying to hide uh, your intention. Um, it's mm-hmm. it was just a wild thing to see. But it makes more sense knowing that the kid wasn't in the race because that would have been even wilder if that other kid was in the race and he was doing that. Mm-hmm as a mode of trying to take the lead like that, that would be because what is, all right, I am going to lead now and I'm going to win the final lap. Like that would be yeah. weird. It makes more sense that it was more of a, it was a, a bystander doing the act than someone who's trying to make a pass. Cause if yeah. it was actually someone trying to win the race, that's like, it's like, dude, you do know you're going to get DQ'd bro. Like you're not going to win this race. So yeah. it makes more sense that it was a bystander doing it, but the video makes it look like he was in the race. Mm-hmm. on that video clip that you mentioned also there's one of them that has very salty language from someone in the stands too so if people are, are watching that and you're at work just make sure you bring the volume down a bit there because there are several expletives in a row along with yeah the famous you can't do that which i think everybody understood the moment that it happened just you, you see something new every year i feel like i just I think- I, like you watch it just it looks so out of place Right. Yeah. It looked because obviously anybody who's been on the internet has seen videos of people getting into fights with each other. Even if you try to avoid it, you can't. But to see it take place on a track during a race, it just looks so strange to watch it. Idea. Got an idea. New sport. You know how they came up with like slam ball where you like trampolines, it was like gymnastics and dunking with basketball. Remember that slam ball? Remember that sport? I do. Let's yeah. give 400 meter dash or mile, make it a mile, eight people on the track and they all got boxing gloves on and boxing is an element of the running. You, the only rules is you can't step off the track to avoid a punch. You got to stay on the track. Do you think people would like this sport across between boxing no. and running? Like box no, running? It's not, be boxer very, running? Let's not do this. I'd be very into the sport. So Cole, our producer, would love it. You would watch it. Again, everyone is going in with the expectation, like, we're fighters, and we, but we also have to run a mile. So it's like, how mm-hmm. would you – what would be the strategy? Ba- yeah. Well, it would be really hard to stay balanced while running well, forward and then moving sideways, wouldn't it? Well, know. no. The, no, the idea is, like, what would your strategy be if you – and the rules are you just have to win the race. So in a way – Maybe a strategy is just be the fastest person and not get exactly. hit, yeah, right? You, you just invented a regular race is what you did. Invented a regular race. But that's, obviously, that's a regular race. But if someone is near you, then you have, you know, techniques mm-hmm. of how to, like, punch someone while, you know. I think it would introduce some type of strategy. Like, all right, the plan is, you know, try to just get the lead and wait for someone to come up on you and then be prepared for, you know. Always, I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting run. So if we can find 
eight willing people who are trained boxers or former trained boxers who mm-hmm. also can run like a decent mile or a decent 800. See what happens. I would love to watch it. I think, I think you and Colt at the, at the bill for that first group. I saw that nobody's pressing charges. TMZ reported that nobody pressing charges. Again, TMZ is on the story. It shows you where we're at. This. <laughs> I remember right. I remember when TMZ Sports was first launched like mm-hmm. 10 years ago mm-hmm. because TMZ realized like there's a lot of stuff going on in sports and we need to kind of hit that yeah. beat for TMZ Sports. And when that first launched, my mother emailed me like, hey, this might be a good job opportunity for you to work for TMZ Sports. I was like, mom, I'm not going to work for TMZ Sports. But it was a fun thing. I was like, you know, sports and media. Hold great. on. Yeah, hold on. Why were you so resistant to it? I don't know. I, I never, the, for the past 30 plus years, I've never been dreaming of like, you know where I want to go into? You know, TMZ sport gossip reporting. Like that was never my so, thought. <laughs> so. so were you offended that your mom thought of you? I don't know if I was offended. No, I just like, mom, that's not like something that you just apply for. Mm. I don't like walk into the TMZ headquarters and be like, yeah. I would be your number one employee for posting blurry videos of altercations among athletes. Like, it's, yeah, it's not a skill set that Parent, I think I have. Parents are really good about recommending jobs that their kids are way underqualified for but they think would they would just do great you would just be great at the washington post (laughs) yeah never thought of that i'll get right on it you should be my parents said your netflix show you should just be announcing like sunday night football why aren't you doing that (laughs) when did they say that when did they say that i was in like high school it was ridiculous oh okay so it was a future thing (laughs) Yeah. What's the? Do they still send you job postings? I don't think they really understand what I do, to be honest. I think they just know it's on the internet, and that is enough information for them at this point. So they'll send you, but that could be good too, because then they could send you any internet job. Like if yeah. Zuckerberg gets bounced for some reason, they could be like, "Hey, Colt, new CEO honey. of Meta, Colt Joyce." You you do the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Zuckerberg's gone. You could jump right in. Yeah, I get those. Uh, I used to get them a lot more than I do now. But they're always fun. Cause, but then you have to explain. And it's a bit humbling. Hey, your son is not as qualified as you think he is. Sorry. <laughs> not necessarily doing the family name positive here. All right. Uh, here's, this, here's this Wallace Spearman uh, question. Discussion topic. Ready, Col- uh, Gordon? And Colt, yeah. Colt, be ready. Do the podcast with Colt now. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Colt, Colt, you're on. Um, he just wants to know your favorite college track duo. Duo. So, and he floats out there, you know, him and Tyson Gay at Arkansas, Warner and Daryl Williamson, Baylor, Norman, and Benjamin at USC. Do you have a favorite duo, Gordon, either men or women of all time? I don't know. Oh, all time. Or right I know now. I saw I saw like Eli Hall tweet out me and Cam Burrell. That was a pretty good duo when Eli mm-hmm. Hall and Cam Burrell were. I think they did they go one two in the hundred or they went one three. 
not sure. The four the four by one too as well. And then yeah, the four by one. Um, I'm trying to think of a. I mean, distance duo. Chez Jenkins was a pretty fun duo. They were going one two and a lot of stuff. They had they had an interesting like couple moments where you're like, are they friends or not? Like, is there was a moment where yeah. like, is Chez is Chez gonna always try to beat Jenkins? And then there was that moment where Chez says. I let Jenkins win, and Jenkins is like, "No, you didn't. You were tired." You know, there's a little bit of that. Little some side eye looks, you know, because Chez was the guy from Oregon, and Jenkins was the incoming transfer. So there's a little bit of mm-hmm. that. But Chez Jenkins was a great duo on the distance side. Um, trying to think, what else on the women's side? Who was a good duo on the women's side? Can you think of some? I'm th- I'm starting first with a distance. I mean, there was that year, right, when a couple of years ago when Arkansas had the Arkansas-BYU year, right? And Arkansas had two way up there and BYU had three way up there. But it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't as consistent, I guess. Like they didn't stick together. They didn't stay together that long in terms of a bunch of years together. Um, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some that were not thinking of i back to his original tweet the benjamin norman one is good just because you know they had that that video that went viral where they're like literally in sync as they're preparing to get in the blocks in their in their race and they both just dominated their event but then they were able to come together and be on the four by four together which i thought was cool they didn't have to share an individual event they each got their own spotlight and then they had the relay where they were able to show out and their event was similar enough to where they could work out together. So you really got a feeling like, Hey, if one guy's in shape, the other guy's going to be in really good shape too. Yeah. It's all, I'm, I'm, we talked about, know, you talked about Florida mean? women though, at the last pod, having potentially three people for the Bowerman. I don't, it's not even yeah. a duo. It's a trio. Um, trio. That's a, that's a, that's a current, that's a current one. I mean, you go back in time, you know, at the moment we didn't think about it, but Sidney McLaughlin and Jasmine Camacho Quinn, that one aged really well for Kentucky because yeah. they both went on to become hurdle Olympic champions in the same year, though not when they're at Kentucky. What about, I mean, Oregon, uh, was there any like good one two punch? I mean, it's, could you say Weeding and Centro? Were they together at the same time? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, the problem with that Oregon distance crew is there was so many. Yeah. Spanning a bunch of years. The one, the ones where I really thought, you know, I'm talking about recent too. I'm not, I'm not going like pre you know, 2010 or even you know, pre 2000 here. The one that stands out, you're right, is the, the Jenkins and Chez group duo. But after that and before that, it always seemed like there was just a steady, steady stream of, of people, right? Like you, you know, you had like, uh, obviously Rupp, Acosta, Fleet, right? You could just go on and on with, and then later, you know, you got the Gregorix of the world. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about that one in terms of who, if you had to narrow it down to two, it might be tough to get it to two. I mean, uh, Horn and McDonald on the distance side. That's a good one. Yeah. They were pretty were good. I'm just trying to think of like, I think Chez and Jenkins was the ultimate, like they were going one, two in like races all the time and they were in the mm-hmm. same event. So that was always like interesting. 
Um, I'm trying to think of more sprint ones. It's like hard to come up with. Like my brain is like trying to go through every year and like, all right, who won? And like, all right, who got second in all these years and try to yeah. figure out the one-two punch of all of them. But yeah, I mean, one one duo that I that's kind of not talked about because they weren't like a a one-two punch like in races, but they always had like the same time at the end of every year. Like mm. they always had the same PB every year. And now one has since uh, kind of separated himself from the other in the post-college, but Joe Klecker and uh, I can't believe I forgot his the name. What's, oh my God. Why did I forget his name? I feel stupid now. You're talking about who's Joe, Herrera or who's, Dressel? No, who's Joe Klecker's teammate? Oh my goodness. John Dressel? You're like, John, yeah, John Dressel. Sorry. Sorry, John. Mm-hmm. I apologize. So Dressel and Klecker, they always had the exact same PB for like the four years together. They're always mm-hmm. like, all right, we both run 1336. Okay, now we both run 1332. Okay, now we both yeah. run 1328 or something like that. But they always yeah. were kind of side by side. Stanford had some good duos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this tweet, though. It's based, the ones he's bringing up, you basically have to win an NCAA title to be in yeah. this conversation. Yeah. yeah. So you got. I'll call that the Robert Brandt uh, best duo, the Robert Brandt Award of, of duos. Yeah. Joe Klecker and John All, Amer- All, All American, American but not. Yeah. Yeah. So. A&T has potential this year because they had Randolph Ross and Javante Harding each win an individual title at indoors, so they could be one moving forward. Um, I guess Grant Holloway and whoever else, anybody and Grant Holloway throw in as a duo because he was so good. Um, Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about, like, a couple years ago, right? USC women, we thought they could sweep every sprint and hurdle event, but it wasn't just two. There was this big group of them, which is what made them so formidable. So it was hard to narrow that down to just two. Yeah. I'm sure we're missing an obvious one. We are. But I know, was thinking, I mean, Col- just be Col- Kaladi and Kurgat, Kaladi and Kurgat could have been one, but yeah. Kurgat wins and then Kaladi gets, gets really good. So they were never, they never seemed to be at the peak of their powers at the exact same time. Yeah, and like as soon as Kaladi started rising, Kirk, I was kind of falling off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were fun because they both have K's as their last name, so you could like, just like alliteration. Easy to say. It's always fun. Yeah, easy to say. Kaladi um, and Kirk, yeah. I don't know. My brain is trying to go through every NCAA permutation of who's, who's been good and who's not. I don't really remember yeah. most of the 90s and stuff like that, so... Like Wall Spearman and Tyson Gay is going to be the only one I'm going to get from that era. But, yeah, yeah. Well, here I'll read. I'll read some. Here, I'll read some cross champions. That might help jog your memory. This is from. This is women from 2000 on. Caragaccio, uh, Terrett, Chaplin, Flanagan twice, Kim Smith, Joanna Nielsen, Sally Kipiego three times, Bizarri, Reed, Sena, Diagostino, Avery Seidel, Schweizer, Kurgat, Jones, Kalati, Chalangat, Orton. Did 
Jordan Hesay have like a a sidekick at Oregon? Well, Pappas went there for her fifth year, didn't she? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but there wasn't, what was that? Yeah, oh, there you go. I just remember that video of her cheering at the Stanford invite for. Do you remember that? No. I, I thought didn't Flowtrack post that video? Yeah. Am I gonna remember every video? Come on. It was like popular. Okay. It was virally. It was, track it, was viral. it was viral before viral. It was viral. It was viral-ish. Viral. <laughs> it was viral adjacent because she was screaming like all these crazy things that are it was funny. Um, yeah, that would be the one. That that's the one person that jumped to mind. I'm sure there's somebody else in there. Um, it's a good topic though. I think Chez and Jenkins is the ultimate duo. I'm gonna go with that. How many? It'd be fun to look up how many points they scored collectively. I mean. F- for two years, indoor and out there, they were just always one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. It was just like insane. They went, they, yeah. Did they go one, two at cross? They went one, two at cross, didn't they? Mm, what they year? Did. Yeah. They went one, two in 2016. 2016. 20, 2016 cross. Oh, dang it. It's the wrong page. I think it's 2016. No, maybe it's not 2016. Maybe it's 2014. Are you sure? 2014. Okay. I was to say, I don't. Uh, okay. 14, 15, or 16. One of those years. They went one, two. 14. Jenkins was second. First yeah. was none other than Edward Cheswick. Edward Cheswick. For, for NAU, it's tough, too. For NAU, it's tough because you got a lot of people. Got a lot of people to pick from. Like Day and Baxter. Was good, yeah. But that would, you know, that's not multiple. That's team titles. It's not yeah. individual. I'm trying to think who had good DMRs because okay, then that usually indicates you got a couple good mid distance people that you could throw in there. But yeah. yeah, let us know. Let us know. Who's your favorite collegiate duo of all time? The ones that he proposed, I think, are some of the best on the men's yeah. side of things. Like him and you, – you, you go back and you look at what Spearman and Tyson Gay did in college. You look at what Rye and Michael Norman or Warner and Williamson did at Baylor. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts. I'm sure there's another good 400 one at A&M or, or Baylor, like another historical one for them. I mean, what about jumps? What about uh, – Christian Taylor and Will Clay. Were they in college at the same time? Yeah, they were, right? Let me look. I'm pretty sure. I have memories of them being in college at the same time. And I think Craddock was there as well, too. They overlapped at least a little bit. There might actually be a lot in the field events, if you think about it. Because they kind of gravitate to the same spot. So... um, Let's see, 2013, sorry, it's taking too long. It's all right. Well, it was 11. It was 11, right? Yeah, I know we got time. 2011, Will Clay got, because I, I remember looking at their records against each other. Yeah, they were there. It's, they overlapped. The records, if you look at the all-time Christian Taylor, Will Clay battle, it goes back to co- it goes back into college. It's not just their pro records against each other. 
So, yeah. Yep, one, two, and 2011 NCAAs. That one's hard to beat. And because you look at what they became, too. Um, talked about Oregon earlier. Got some news out of Eugene. Devin Allen says he's going to pursue football after this track season. He's participating in Oregon's Pro Day, which is today. And for those of you not familiar with how football works in the NFL draft, Pro Day is where college campuses hosts their athletes who have aspirations to become pros or former athletes in the case of Devin Allen. Obviously, he's several years out of college, but they'll put on a pro day and they'll basically show off for the scouts their football abilities and it helps or hurts um, that person's draft stock depending on how they perform. So Allen initially, do you remember Gordon in 16 when he went pro and said, I'm going to track. He said, I'm going to win the gold, get the world record, then I'll come back and do football. Hurt himself twice in football. Blew out ligaments in both of his knees during his time at Oregon. Was a good receiver for Oregon, but obviously injuries were an issue. Goes on, makes the Olympic team in 16. We saw him last year run really well, got his PB down to 1299. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this decision? I mean, there's a quote in there that basically says, Hey, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. I'm not getting any younger. If I'm going to take a shot at this, I should do it. Yeah, and I think, you know, how much of a factor of him doing it is him looking at the landscape of the hurdles and recognizing Grant Holloway's not going anywhere. Grant Holloway's only <laughs> going to get faster. Grant Holloway's probably going to break the world record, right? Now, I say that and look at just last year, he had the second fastest time in, in the world last year. So yeah. it's not like he is like falling off the map. But if you look at 60 meter, 60 meter hurdle marks, um, he, why isn't, let me update this. I'm just trying to look at 60. In the 60 meter hurdles, he's sixth and a far six. Like he ran, 750 but like mm -hmm. Brent Holloway is running 729 and Trey Cunningham in college is yep. running 738 uh there's three Americans ahead of him now I think and Daniel Roberts and Jared Eaton are like basically the same as him so mm -hmm. he's probably looking at the landscape like I'm probably already whether I'd like run for three more years or don't run for three more years, my track career is probably going to be the same regardless of the extra three or not. Like I'll be able to retire track athletes running extremely well, good marks, making, making world teams and being contentions for medals. Did he ever, has he ever won a medal? Mm -hmm. Has he won no. a world medal yet? Okay. And he probably looks at, you know, winning a world medal in Eugene would be the ultimate moment yeah. for him in 2022. And he probably thinks, like, nothing's going to get better than that. Uh, so I think he's just looking yeah. at the landscape of the hurdles. And it's like, all right, might as well just try one last shot at football. Perfect scenario would go out, get a medal in 2022 in Eugene, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you, you make a pro – you get to play football in the fall of 2022 
and see how long that goes until you retire, you know, mm-hmm. and like kind of go out like that. But I don't, it's going to be really hard for him to make a foot, a 53 man roster. Like it is so hard to make a 53 man roster. Cause there's not a lot of spots. You, you think, Oh, there's 53 spots. Actually, there's not 53 spots. He's a wide receiver. There's like six spots, right? Mm-hmm. Three of them or four of them are probably already right. given to the, from the team from the previous year. So really yeah. everyone is just fighting for two spots and you're going up against a fourth round draft pick and ownership is going to be like, why'd you draft this guy? If you're going to go with Devin Allen, you know, all yeah. the, the first round, all the draft picks have preferential treatment. So it's just really, really hard. Probably his best case scenario is he makes a practice squad, which in this situation probably pays well, right? Practice squads are breaking more than track yeah. athletes. So, you know, the goal would be to make a practice squad, stay on the team, and then injuries happen by December, and all of a sudden you get called up and you score two touchdowns in a game, and then all of a sudden coaching staff <laughs> recognizes you, and then 2023 you're making it your, your real deal, and all of a sudden you're going up against Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl. Man, just, Gordon yeah. just laid Gordon. it all out just for Devin Allen. It is going to be difficult, but – I think he just wants to see. He just wants to see if he yeah. can do it. And I believe him that initially his plan when he went out, he loved track and he loved football. And he wanted to do both. And he thought, all right, let's check the box on track first. Um, running really well right now. I'll get this gold. I'll get this world record. And then I'll move over. But then, yeah, the years go by. Injuries happen. And other people emerge. And it gets more and more difficult. And then you look up all of a sudden, hey, I'm now in my late 20s. I need to, if I'm going to do this, I basically need to do this now. And I want to see if I can do it. The financial component too is obviously a huge part in a lot of these decisions sometimes. Like Marvin Bracey talked about it on this pod, right? The amount of money that you can get in football is just drastically different than it is in track and field. So um, I remember Jeff Demp's, a while back, would it seems like he would sort of like bounce back and forth between track and football. I also think Allen's thinking, "Hey, this is you know this is my window to do it." And if he if it doesn't work out, then he could still go back to track. Whereas if he waits until something his times start to decline in track, well, that probably means that on the football field, he's not going to be as quick either. And then he may not be able to make the move back to, to track if he wanted to, but ran really well last year. I mean, when you set a PB, you got to feel good about your chances going into the next season. That event is just so tough with what Holloway is capable of doing, but I understand it from just a curiosity standpoint, from the perspective of he had this plan all along and there's stuff that derailed him earlier on, but hey, now he's been healthy. He said he's been he's been doing football stuff to to get back in shape um, for football specifically. He said it was like riding a bike. Why not just give it a shot? I mean, 27 is quote unquote old in terms of athletics, but it's not old in terms of your whole life. So you have the opportunity now. You have this window. Go for it. That's a good quote. 27 is old in terms of athletics, but it's not old in, in your whole life. And you give that to every 27-year-old out there who has, has peaked in their athletic ability. 
you know. Yeah. Be great. Because you know, it only goes downhill from there. It does. Break collarbones. Yeah. Fall off your bike. All sorts of things can go wrong. Um, he had bad luck in football at Oregon, right? Those are both non – I think they – I know one of them because I was literally in the stands at the Rose Bowl when he tore his ACL the first time, non-contact. I think the second one was non-contact as well too. So he's due for some good luck. And hopefully it all works out for him and he uh, he gets exactly what he wants out of it. Fun thing to – fun story to watch. I mean he wasn't one of those guys, Gordon, who – which is really fast. And then the football coach was, hey, you, go run straight down the field and we'll throw the ball to you. No, he, he was a good football player. He had skills on the football field. He had gotten reps in. He wasn't one of those guys who was just talking about how oh, I can play football. Because sometimes it goes both ways. You know, We talk about the, tra- the football guys who say, well, I can run track. There are some track people out there who are like, I can play football. I can do that. It's no problem. And then they've never been hit before and then once i get hit they're ah not for me not for me at all i'm out alan wasn't one of those guys he was he was a football guy and he was a track guy um so i think obviously i don't know the makeup of every single team's needs right now in the nfl i i agree with you though it will be very challenging but i think just based on the fact that he has played his speed is still there i think he wouldn't do it if he if he thought he had no chance. I think he has a pretty good indication, having played what it takes to play at that level. So I give him a pretty good shot. Put him in Atlanta. Marcus Mariota, his old quarterback's there. That's, man, Colt. Bringing back good memories there. You also got, uh, not his quarterback, but another Oregon quarterback, Justin Herbert, in Ooh, very San true. Diego. Or sorry. Okay. Not San Diego, Los Angeles. Shows how old I am. The old San Diego Chargers. Is there another, other than Grant Holloway, is there another person you want to see try to, try to make it in the football field from track, Gordon? Other than Grant Holloway? I mean, Donovan Brazier wants to do it, it, right? I want to see Donovan. There you go. Uh, be yeah. a punt returner. Um, I mean, I would want to see Krauser be an offensive lineman. See yeah. like what happens there. Um, Want to see <laughs> what happens there. Put in Johannes uh, Vetter for the hail mary play, so mm-hmm. they're on the one yard line and they touch down. You can throw it into the end zone. Just mm-hmm. Mondo, best just javelin throwers over the goal line. Mondo just like Mondo jump over yeah. the goal line back over the he line. He would need to use the yard markers to help him. That's the only problem. You can't use props in. Football. I do I have wish, a serious question though. I do wish there was kicking as a track and field event. That'll be fun. Because we have jumping and throwing. What if you have kicking? Then you know. Oh, just straight up field goal? Like or just like you kick an object and see how far it goes. Basically yeah. javelin with your feet. Javelin with can your feet. Can we call it foot can we call it foot javelin? Is yeah, that foot a cool javelin. Name? Foot javelin. Foot jav. Just call it foot jab. Foot jab. <laughs> hey, how far did you go in the foot foot jab? Ah, 20 meters. I mean, you'd have the problem with it. You need to make the element heavy enough so they can to break kick the ball within a stadium, you know, venue. Yeah. Cause you, but you don't want it to be too heavy because then you break your foot. So it's like, what's that perfect balance where you don't break your foot from hitting it? Yeah. It needs to have a little bit of 
a little bit of weight into like not as far as a medicine ball that would obviously break your but it needs to be rubberized yeah like a medicine ball yeah people are talking about cut and track events let's add more there you go let's add the foot jav to 2022 here's my question for you gordon i was thinking about this the other day you have a million dollars on the line got it your job is to select who is going to anchor a relay where you have this million dollar bet and the relay is four by four and it's run by countries so it's just like the olympics just like the world championships but in this scenario you don't know the other seven teams involved but the u.s gets the baton 0.5 seconds behind everybody else you have a million dollars on the line who's your anchor for the u.s men and women when's the race right now right now not tomorrow not this summer but right now right now okay so or it's happening in three minutes the race already started We're in the I my anchor the now. third the third lap the back stretch has happened that, okay, so the person's coming. I got like Colt's got a clock on it to figure out who's going to yeah. be on this anchor. Okay, one of these answers is easy. One of them is hard. Okay, one of them is easy. One of them is hard. For the women, I think it's a little easier. For the men, I think it's very difficult. But I have a the strong women, feeling. Women, I'm I'm going to Thingmo. Yeah, Same. sorry. Yeah, no, I'm not doing Allison. I'm not. We haven't seen her training. I have no idea. Uh, Sydney and Delilla, they also could be not 100% right now because they didn't do indoor. At least the thing showed that she did something indoors. So, uh, a thing, though. Or maybe I should change the, rule, the rules to, like, this summer because I don't want to eliminate someone just because they didn't run indoors. Yeah, that wasn't my point of okay. saying it's right now. My point of saying it's it's right now is – it's not, hey, in three years, this person's going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A thing, though, for the yeah, women. We'll split a 42. Okay. Hey, for the men, I can give you nominees. Okay, but you're going to have to pick somebody because it's a million dollars and they're coming around the curve right now. Cole is watching So the nominees would be, I would think, Rye Benjamin. I would think Randolph Ross. I would think Michael Norman. I would think Fred Curley. I would think... Michael Cherry? Michael Cherry. I would think... Okay, I would not do Michael Norman. I would not do Rye Benjamin. I would not do Cherry. I think it would be between Grant Holloway, Randolph Ross, and Fred Curley. I think those would be my I final like how you, three. Who I, I like how you between. threw Holloway in there. Yeah, I like how yeah. you always include Holloway. Gotta always include Holloway. Okay. And for Holloway, I would have to have a conversation with him. I have to sit him down because I know I only have 15 seconds left. And I go, Grant, <laughs> have you been like, should I do this? And he'll tell me like yes or no. And I'll be like, drink, take, yeah. Uh, he'll be like, he'll he'll tell me the truth. Because he'll tell me if like, no, I can run 43 seconds or no, I can't. Um, so Fred Curley, I would consider. But, 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 
as good as Fred Curley is, I would think about 2017 mm-hmm. when Fred Curley got walked down by Trinidad and Tobago. Was it 2017 when that happened? Yeah. So that would be in my mind. Now, again, that was five years ago. And Fred's a new man. Mm-hmm. He's a different man. He was a boy then. He's a man now. Yeah. And so in these 20 seconds, I would need Fred to give me a one-sentence reason why that won't happen again. <laughs> and if he's convincing enough in his one-sentence reason why he's not going to yeah. let me down, like in 2017, then I would consider mm-hmm. him. So he needs to tell me why 2017 will happen again. Grant Holloway needs to tell me if he's even run over 110 meters in the past like 80 days. And then Randolph Ross, I would have the most trust in him because I just saw him run incredibly well. Mm. But, 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 he didn't run that well in the 4x4 because he was tired. Exactly. So I thought that's Randolph Ross. Yeah. Hey, man, are you tired yeah. right now? Did you just See- do a workout? And as they round the third corner, there's three men waiting for the handoff and Gordon Mack <laughs> conducting an interview with them? What's happening? Yeah, I'm conducting interviews. All right, so I would I, – I, 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 I think I would pull Grant because there's just too much unknown. Because Grant – if it was college Grant, then I would keep him on there. So it would be between Curly and Randolph Ross. And I think at the end of the day, I think I, think I would do Curly. I mean, he's showing that he's fit. He's ran 9.99, yeah. 20 flat, 44 seconds. Yeah, I do Curly. So I would erase 2017 from my memory and be like, Curly, go for it. Give me my million dollars. Plus, Curly is going to be like, you're giving me all the million. problem with Curly is he's probably going to ask for all the million dollars because he's been <laughs> tweeting that he's worth a million dollars. And he's going to be like, Gordon, you don't get the million dollars. I do. So then because yeah, of that, yeah. I might have to switch it to Fair. the – to Randolph Ross, who won't ask for the million dollars. He'll only ask for how about, an IL deal of a million. Of how, how about instead you just owe a million if you lose? How about that? So you don't have to worry about okay. that part of the question. The fact, though, that you had questions about all three of those guys is part of the reason why I would pick someone completely different than the three you mentioned. I would pick a guy where there are no questions. A guy who's been in numerous high-pressure 4 by 4s in his career. And he always delivers. And that's Rye Benjamin. I would just feel real confident that you'd get a solid run from Rye Benjamin. Because as I said, you're getting the stick maybe half second behind. You're not getting the stick two seconds behind or a second behind. You just need a really solid leg here. Something in the 43s obviously gets you in the mix. And I just feel like Rye, he's come in this fictitious scenario, he's coming off the formula hurdles. Where, again, he's always performed at the big meets in the Formula Hurdles. Now, you say he lost to Warholm. All right, lost to the greatest of all time. And, he, and Rye Benjamin gave him a good race both times. So he's coming with a little extra motivation, though, Gordon, if he lost to Warholm. And if he beat Warholm, he's on cloud nine. And he's just going to keep that momentum rolling. And he's going to win this 4 by 4 So I feel really strongly the answer is Benjamin. Yeah. I don't know. Benjamin is too, like, I mean, he's too consistent. He's composed. <laughs> because That's his, what I want. His floor, his floor and ceiling are so close to each other. It's just, I don't like it. I, I, I want 
I want to look up and feel like, ooh, maybe I get something great. You know, I, you know, even though I know I look down and it's bad, but I can look up and it's great. So, you know, my Benjamin is too, the uh, is... too safe for me. I, I want to live a little wild. If I'm putting a million dollars on a line, I want to, I want to get my blood pressure moving. The reason his, his floor and ceiling are close together is because his floor is on the 15th story, basically. He, he doesn't, oh, oh, he I doesn't fall out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at some of his college splits. They're insane. Oh, yeah, I know. In that, in that indoor 4x4, four four, right? He had that for USC okay. where they... Doing indoor 4x4 four four college splits. Come on. What are we doing now? My, my point is I want a guy who has experience in big moments handling pressure because I have a million dollars on the line. Yeah. That's, that's my point. Now it's not his money. So maybe he doesn't feel any pressure, but I want to know that that person has been in tough spots and they've always come through. Um, yeah. He's 43, three. Yeah. Like on, you, you, you want at, at, at the Olympics. That's at the Olympics. I think. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Like basketball terms, Rye Benjamin is like Kevin Durant. No, yes. Kevin Durant's too good for no. He's more like who is he? He's more like Clay Thompson. No, I yeah. think he could be Durant. And if you're looking at the entire league, you could say, well, then that makes Warholm LeBron. No, well, assuming the top four guys in the NBA are in any no particular order Durant, Giannis, Embiid and Jokic. Okay. So Okay. I'm talking about his whole career. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, we're talking about right now. All right. Durant so has the most experience. The yeah. I think Randolph right. Ross is Embiid. That's what I'm going with. Okay. That's all I want to get at. Yeah. Hold on. So who is so Benjamin is how how would Benjamin be uh, Clay Thompson in that scenario when you just named the four yeah, I'll best? Take that no, no, yeah. Benjamin would be Benjamin is Jokic. All right. Who's KD? Curly? KD's Curly. And then Giannis is uh Norman. That's my All four right. by four. I don't Right there. <laughs> and they pass off the baton. I would Gordon watch that 4x4 four four, four NBA guys. Oh, Jokic, go. Yeah. 4x4. Four four. Gord is yelling the names of NBA players at 4x4 four four runners and saying, I have a million dollars on this. I thought it was an interesting exercise because uh, with the men, it is tricky. So. All right. Anything That's else? It. That's no, it. I think that's it. Enjoy. Pod. Yeah. Yeah. West Coast Relays, Stanford uh, invite, Mike Finale Track Classic live on Flow Track this weekend. Um, or today, actually. You can uh, watch all that action way back on Monday. Remember, do the pickup, pickup contest. Got the QR code. You can text Gordon or Kevin 31032. Text us your thoughts as you're watching track this weekend. Just send a text, send an email. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, we'll talk about it all on Monday. Florida Relays as well. It's going to provide a lot to chat about on the, on the topic of 4x4s. We might have a new pick for our person based on the 4x4s this weekend. Maybe Noel Lyles goes out and, and splits 43-1, and then we all feel silly about it. 
Uh, thanks to Travis. Thanks to Colt for producing. Gordon, hope you feel even better on Monday. We'll talk to you guys then.